Welcome back to the Blank Sutra Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Cameron Dorsey. Sitting across from me is the wildly creative um, and wildly enthusiastic Carlos Reyes. <laughs> That's right. How's everyone doing today, all you listeners out there? I can assume they're doing good. Yeah. You, you know? might be driving to work or you're driving <clears throat> away from work. Yes. Yes, indeed. You could um, be cooking. You could be doing anything your heart pleases to. Yeah. And you're here with us. Thank you, first and foremost, for being here and experiencing the ascension of two uh, basically monks um, blessed by the Shaolin, you know. Uh, we're, we're a couple brown fellas just, you know trying to bring the world together, trying to bring some smiles to some faces. Yes. Mm. Sort of like ending, you know, hunger, but mental, mental hunger. Mental hunger. That's what I'm talking about. Strategizing. I feel like that ties in well with what we're going to be uh, attempting to talk about today. Oh, yeah. So oh. We're all hungry, hungry for a lot of things. Got that, uh, that hungry ghost inside of us all that can never be satiated. They've got small mouths and big stomachs, and nothing ever really satisfies. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, vices and, uh, you know, the cycle that you get into. And it's like, you know, a little bit about taking the edge off. And I think we're going to close out with some uh, musician improvement that I've come across recently. Excellent. Uh, musical you know, technique style improvements that I've been making in my own game and seeing other people doing, and I'm excited to share with all of you. Absolutely. Excited <laughs> to hear it. Oh, yeah. So, vices are, um, can be anything. You know, when, when I say vice, you might think gambling, you might think drugs, you might think the internet, you know. Things that are bingeable, things that uh, take the edge off, you know? Within grasp, within reach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and one of the more insidious ones, I would say, is uh, like alcohol, right? Dang. I did some research this week, Carlos, and this Shit's kind of scary, dude. Like, Get into it, man. Because I feel like we're also going to be talking about just our personal uh, battles with within this uh, nice list here. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sure. We could we could drop some anecdotes for sure from time to time. But um, this was like compiled through some uh, research papers that I was reading, and uh, also largely from uh, the Andrew Huberman podcast. Shouts out to that dude. He's uh, I think waking a lot of people up to just you know healthy habits to cultivate and healthy habits to to you know integrate into your life he's also talking about some really bad stuff that you know maybe we should look into and see about extricating from our lifestyle yeah Huberman's really intelligent I, that dude is brilliant that dude does a lot of hard work and dedicated study but if 
any of y'all out there want the most in-depth crazy information about this go watch his episode on alcohol and like its effects on your body this shit is nuts um i just made some points did you know carlos that um alcohol is fat and water soluble so meaning a lot of things that enter the body are, are fat soluble so like thc and marijuana that's fat soluble um, other things are water soluble and those the solubility of of either of those apparently you know water to fat water versus fat mm. makes it so that it can't get to certain parts of your body oh yeah right it blocks it out it blocks it out through. just can't go through alcohol um uh, precisely ethanol alcohol which is like the you know I'm, I'm pretty sure the one you drink i see it often in gas stations yeah right like you go to wawa and you see oh i can just pull up to these two magnis- magnificent pumps that no one's using and then oh it's ethanol only or yeah yeah that, that special kind of gasoline it's probably all good as long as you don't drink the shit because that like <laughs> dude <clears throat> that means that it can go past it goes through every cell of your body from your brain down to like every system of your body is affected by it and in no positive way like there's literally zero positive way besides I can hear people now saying the sensation, the sensation, the lowering of inhibition, inhibitions and stuff, you know, feeling loose, feeling lit, feeling right. Feeling confident. Feeling confident. Feeling ballsy. But you know what's creating that feeling? It's the destruction of the cells in your body. It, it like, cells dying give you the feeling of inebriation. Destruction. Uh, I think plants sort of like feel this thing as well when they're in stress or they 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 feel that they're you know being torn apart from earth or so uh yeah i would uh, there's probably some some analogy to be made there because it makes sense dude that it's just i heard there, there was a good quote about it that said the it's the only drug that if you don't do it people think you have a problem (laughs) <laughs> you know whether it's like you saying like oh no i would not like a glass of that people are like oh my god it's ceremonial it's sure yeah. whatever you whatever you, you want to say you go to a very plain jane new year's eve whatever mm-hmm. like as, as a recent mm-hmm. i was at armature works for the new year's eve mm-hmm. and it right off right away there's like a section where it's like hey we have champagne here you know get a cup and you know toast it a new year but it's just the fact that it's like a a symbol of american culture uh just everywhere where it's just like you got to have this yeah all the commercials every sporting event um yeah parties mm-hmm. celebration even you can't if, be complete without it no you can't be complete without it and you, it's lowering your inhibition. It's also like your your blood alcohol level like skyrockets upon first drinking it. 
and the euphoric feeling you're feeling um, is coming from, yeah, the cells being super damaged in your body, but also that blood alcohol level being so high. And as you let 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes go by without keep drinking, that's when you start to feel the fatigue, irritability, just torpor, essentially, like mm. feeling like sluggish and unease. Unease, I'm sure. So, you know what the cure is? Drink more alcohol <laughs> and it and it continue to destroy pretty much every cell in your body if you are putting them things back as quickly as some people do, you know? Um so just a you know, mind mindful reminder of watch out, I guess. Be safe, be considerate of what you're putting in your body, how much you're putting in your body. Cause this dude was also saying like, even if you think like, well, I'm tame. I only drink like once or twice a week. It's, it's still don't drink and drive. It's still doing the damage, you know? Yeah. Obviously don't drink and drive. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But I mean, best case scenario is like, don't drink at all. Cause like you're just killing yourself. You're increasing your risk of cancer. You're like alcohol is processed by the body as a poison. So like it, it turns to sugar apparently in your system. And that can probably make you fat if you, you'll feel bloated. Yeah. That's just, how I felt. Yeah. You just feel like garbage. So is a little bit of euphoria and escape from the real world really worth shortening your lifespan and uh feeling like a garbage i don't think so i don't think it is that's me personally i'm not telling i'm not trying to tell anybody how to live but i will say if you go and watch that andrew huberman podcast specifically about alcohol and its effects on the body that's just gonna scare you it'll scare anybody who like drinks regularly scared me you know um i've li i've listened to a few of Huberman's um like other topics that r relates to just like again habits especially when it comes to like uh eating being being a considerate you know human or you know especially if for anyone that's like looking for another partner in their life just almost like looking at it from like the scientific background it's it, it it really opens my eyes so um later on yeah definitely uh you know between us just share me some some more of that stuff because that's really interesting i have several personal friends that are you know going through that battle themselves and yeah and that it, it can be an eye op uh, an eye opener for sure yeah and it's uh it's kind of scary to face your emotions i mean I'll, I'll get to that a little later but it's aa works i know plenty of people that have gone to aa and that shit works gone to a few meetings myself the stuff the stuff is like known to work so just putting that out there feel like you got a real problem there's rooms all around you. That's a that's a Google search away, and people will hug you, and you'll get like fucking twenty new phone numbers. 
um, of various people. I also wanted to talk about marijuana. Marijuana. Exactly. Um, and because that that was my vice, man. Heavy. Heavy, heavy. Your boy was... I can attest to that. Yeah, dude. I think Carlos Carlos is is smiling and nodding right now. So I can... You and another close friend of mine, I would say, <laughs> in anecdotally, mm-hmm. as like, yeah, I kind of got convinced, or not convinced, but just like encouraged, and I've learned a lot through that, I will say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I I was, you know, I've worked at a dispensary before. I know about all the positive effects. I know about RSO, Rick Simpson's oil, the stuff that can basically, uh, you can rub it in your skin, you take it topically, you can bake it into shit, and apparently it is literally like a cancer killer type thing. You know, it can really help you. This shit gets you blasted, though. I mean, but it... (laughs) Chemically, it helps you mm-hmm. um, in your struggles uh, with disease, autoimmune deficiency, all that stuff. I know it's positive benefits, but I feel, after my experience, that if you are under the age of 21 or like 22 and you're ingesting marijuana regularly and you don't have like crippling seizures mm-hmm. or like cancer parkinson's, parkinson's all that glaucoma stuff. glaucoma you don't have any i mean that. what 20 year old gets glaucoma but i mean you know what i'm saying knock on wood yeah i guess um but you don't need to be ingesting it i feel if you're under like 21 22 ingesting and or smoking either or Either or, okay. Because it affects the makeup of your brain in those developmental years. Yeah, the formative years. Disrupts your alertness and self-conscious awareness, as well as learning and memory. So, like, you know, you get the short-term memory loss. But, I mean, say you get introduced to marijuana when you're, like, 13 or 12, and you do it consistently. I know I did it because it was it was like um it was like an escape from my hormonal chaos that was happening inside my body that was making me have just horrible thoughts about myself, about society, about life. And smoking a little weed or a lot of weed you know after a while could take those feelings away or mm. put a mute on them or 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 turn the volume just down a damper. on that shit yeah exactly. just like hey 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 we ain't gonna listen to that we ain't gonna listen to that just play fallout new vegas for five hours and um you know it was it's nice i'm not saying that the sensation that it elicits is not nice um Although it's it has shifted from purely enjoyable to like, 
enjoyable plus like 25 percent anxiety and um dude same man self-deprecation like over time the anxiety portion of it just started to outweigh oh this is fun mm-hmm. into i get this feeling now mm-hmm. i'm aware of it but it's like yeah i just not i'm not vibing with it now yeah it's um dude at the the most startling thing i found about like marijuana in general is that kind of to your point i think the last stop on that bus ride you're talking about if you have it in your um like genetics you can develop and cultivate symptoms of schizophrenia and psychosis say you smoke like every day right if you were genetically predisposed to either one of those things you can literally like wake up your schizophrenic psychosis superpowers and totally just leave um the planet earth i say superpowers completely sarcastically because um i feel like i've experienced psychosis once and that shit was scary dude it was not Mm. no bueno what's what's the strain no um (laughs) i i didn't experience it while smoking weed i hadn't done that in a while um but that's a different story for a different time all i'm trying to say is if you're like not 21 to 25 just leave it be like don't doesn't make you cooler it doesn't make you like doesn't take the bad feelings away you know it doesn't uh doesn't alleviate them doesn't eradicate them they're still there you're just pausing them for a Mm -hmm. second you know um i feel like i i have talked for the majority of this episode so far so i want to ask you um when we were coming up with some topics to talk about yesterday you mentioned the cycle and i would like to know uh where what you are referring to when you refer to the cycle oh yeah so that was uh, one of the topics i was uh planning into the course of uh you know materializing this podcast and it kind of works off of a little bit of my experiences with marijuana and just like yeah i would i would personally just say it's like a cycle because during the beginning of this whole quarantine period through the covid era that's when i took you know smoking smoking pot um chiefing it pretty much to like <laughs> a point that i kind of started to just like forget about what i who i am normally oh mm-hmm. not on it yeah. versus i'm just going to hang out with some friends or oh i'm going to go to my friend alex's house I'm just going to be there for, you know, several hours. And it turns into, okay, now I'm just going to go buy my own. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have money. Mm-hmm. I have a pipe. Yeah. Oh, just, I'm, I suck at rolling, to be honest. But <laughs> I was like, hey, I have a pipe. Let me go ahead and just, you know, buy. Oh, how much is it? Cool. Let me just get the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't really like about that cycle of it was also personally at home hiding it from everybody as oh if it's like a God, secret shit is the worst dude Ugh. Sm- the the smell on on me the the look of my face when i you know have to speak to like a family member or some friends that you know oh. out of nowhere they decide to come visit me it's oh just like God, oh i am I already like that. out for a day dude yeah 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 it, it, ru- it ruins your whole day dude so when when I was describing cycles, um, I grew up in a very chill environment with really you know cool friends, and I was really big into skateboarding, and I still am. And so there was like a period during my teens um, after my the passing of my dad, I developed more of like a kinship with my closest friends down the street. Uh, and any of their friends that they would introduce. Mm-hmm. And note, they were older of age. So I was already in like uh, middle school, for example, and they would already be like sophomore or so, freshman, sophomore in high school. Yeah. So this is like an older crowd. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's crazy because that's like the same effect to me. So like, same origin. Whatever, whatever is introduced um, to me is basically from them. Music... Uh, music interests is huge. I mean, come on, like at that point you're like trying to fit in to the older crowd, uh, the, the people that you think are like, okay, this is the, the cool, this is like where I should be at. This is probably what's going to help me get into, you know, being more of a favorite with them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff I is like, I I would not change because I mean, that's kind of like what it, made me be who I am and how I learned out of it. But there's like moments where it's just like, we're doing nothing. (laughs) We're either drinking beer. I'll tell you this camera. Yeah, dude. There was a time I'm at my, my friend's uh, house and his dad is super strict on alcohol. Like you cannot be drinking that shit around me. It's, it was crazy. Respect. And dude, so we would buy the hard cider liquor from 7-Eleven. And we would go to his um, his uh, living room. The living room is adjacent from the computer kitchen where, you know, my friend's dad, he would be sitting over there. I don't need to say names. But while he's over there, just on the computer, on the internet, we would just be sitting down, slowly open a can of beer. And this stuff is like 8% alcohol. We're chugging all 16 of them. Oh my God, dude. What? That's like blackout drunk. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, like 10 or 16 of them. But this was going on for a good like month or two. That was a cycle. Just the alcohol. Absolutely. And buying uh, Smirnoff screwdrivers, which were like 32 ounces. Damn. Yeah. So it was just like, That's damn. That's a lot. Yeah. And we're both trying to finish it in one night sitting while we're here in the studio. <sighs> it's part of it's part of the <laughs> the moment of the enjoyment. And so yeah. th- that stuff I, I learned that was a cycle of my life. Um, 
I've had a mutual and like a good sit down with my friend uh, about it. And I mean, he agrees as well. Like, yeah, it, that's why he doesn't drink anymore. It was just, it became too much. And you just feel like you're the fun of the circle until you realize you're not really the fun. You're almost like embarrassing yourself yeah. in such a way. It's not, it's not a feasible thing to try and keep rolling. Yeah. It's a hard, exactly. it's a hard ball to keep rolling. Um, oh, and dude, that's how this, uh, jumping into the 2020s, that's how this whole quarantine period was because, okay, I can't see my friends. I can't go to shows or play music. So I have one friend that I know he always, you know, has like a, a bong just ready and, you know, we're all chill about it. During that time period, I got to know him a little bit better and we got to know each other more. That's how I started taking psychedelics from recreational into understanding, oh, this stuff is of a different level, mm. cannot be played with. Mm. But when it came down to just like the marijuana usage, it was still being done afterwards. And I'll and I'm saying this while I have edibles in the <laughs> fridge. I'll be honest about it. It is. But it's like I could not just keep wasting like several days just on that stuff and not being able to like be my true self how I am right now with you how I am here yeah I was just putting a pause on that so aside from the heavy feelings I was putting a pause on just like my improvement let's mm -hmm. just put it that way man yeah on, on taking proper action and proper steps proper planning to give yourself a, a better a better life potentially exactly you know, through acquisition of skills and and meeting people like meeting people side, side note for me dude <laughs> like when you were saying it was hard for you know when you smoked the if you smoked that was kind of like the day was done sort of thing that was me but I would smoke like really early in the day and just be like, I'm not talking to anybody today <laughs> or like, I'm not going anywhere. For those that wake and bake, God bless you. Yeah. I that mean, is... hey, if you can do it and function, you're like a, yeah. you're, you're some sort of shout, like, like you're some sort of monk. Definitely. I don't, I don't understand that. There, there's amazing people that I've met. There's this one uh, studio engineer in Tallahassee that he would just encourage us not like forcibly, but it was just an encouraging moment. Like, Hey, let's go out back. I have like a little garage here. Let's go take a quick, uh, joint break. And then let's go back in the studio and get like fucking creative and knock out some songs. And we did, but it's like, I learned that is actually not like the way my brain wants to work. Mm. If I'm in the studio, no, it's like, I'm so, again, like you said, I'm done for a day. I'm done for the session in a way. I, I lose notes. I can no longer like oh, play yeah. as I should. So that's why people notoriously were like during shows, like don't give Carlos weed. Yeah. Don't yeah. let him smoke. Yeah. He can smoke after the show. Oh yeah. Don't let him smoke before. <laughs> I am right there with you, brother. I mean, the only time when I, I can sort of attest to what, the Tallahassee dude was saying was like if I am if or if I was by myself in my room working on like a mix mm. or like punching in MIDI notes on a piano roll 
I could come up with some pretty, uh, a little more creative shit. Yeah. But and that, your solace. And you, and the solitude of that, like not when I'm around somebody who's like, all right, one, two, three. Yeah. Eh, like, you know. And your buddies, your bandmates. No. I don't want to let them down. No. Because I'm being good. <laughs> no, yeah. And that voice in your head is just like, for me, it's like. You suck, you suck, you're so stupid. Why do you do this? This is so dumb. Why why did you smoke? That's so dumb. Like and, and, and meeting new people. Uh, fuck. At that same Ooh, time, it's like no, oh, no. No, thank you. That is nightmare stuff right there. <laughs> and nightmare fuel. No, nightmare fuel. No thanks. Um with, I I also wrote down a, a quote that um a guy named Patrul Rinpoche so like a tibetan buddhist teacher said but i heard this from ram das because ram das is the man and i'm probably going to cite him quite quite a lot on this podcast so just know that that's coming up um but i really like the quote and the quote goes um don't prolong the past don't invite the future don't alter your innate wakefulness. Don't fear appearances. And there's nothing more than that. And I feel like with um, any sort of drug or vice, you are disrupting your innate wakefulness. You know, in that studio situation, you were coming in probably staunch sober ready to go with the objective in mind with a fully functioning set of faculties at your disposal but I'm not speaking specifically about you this is more just like a general person the general person whether it's peer pressure um, needing to take the edge off which I got some thoughts about that too or some other thing fitting in looking cool anything like that you disrupt that wakefulness that allows you to be a hundred percent yourself in that moment um this is pretty hand wavy and woo woo but i saw somebody describe it once as like since the universe is made of vibrations and dude like it started with that premise and the dude said like you can vibrate up and down the spectrum from day to day, hour by hour, minute to minute, you know? But if you get into a point in your life where you feel like you're vibrating pretty high, like a pretty high frequency, whatever vice it is, in this uh, metaphor, I'll use marijuana. Marijuana is at a fixed vibrational frequency. You know, somewhere in the middle maybe lower than higher for some people I don't know but if you are coming in at a super high vibrational frequency and you ingest marijuana in this situation we're talking about it will bring down the frequency that you're like you know running at to more so meet the substance where it is that that one's frequency yeah yeah frequency. so it's it's pulling you it's pulling you down a little bit again 
that is the least scientific take on it that I've ever heard. So take it with a grain of salt. It was just a little interesting thought experiment that, you know, the guy who was talking about it was kind of felt like he was spitting. At least he was putting it in a very, um, in a very, uh, scholarly way. So it sounded legit to me. Um, we were talking the other day, Carlos, about uh, Samskara, mm-hmm. especially in the book um, The Untethered Soul. The Untethered Soul, dude, by Michael Singer. That book is so damn good. I've, I, I have it on Audible, and I've listened to it a good six or seven times. It's like five hours, five and a half hours. If any of y'all got Audible out there and have like a free credit this month, get it. It is a very good book, in my opinion. Carlos is still working on it, understandably so. Uh, Car- Carlos is a is a physical book kind of guy. I am too, um, but I've listened to it like seven times, as I said before. And he outlines um, something called a samskara, which I hadn't heard bu- heard about before, but it's apparently linked to. Um, Indian philosophy and uh, the samskara is a subtle mental impression left by all thoughts, intentions and actions one experiences in life they are seen at the root of all impulses character traits and innate dispositions so he, he has an anecdote about a blue mustang Mm -hmm. that's the part of the book i was recently on tell me about it and it's like you are your body you can see it as like a vessel a spaceship whatever it is and your soul is you you are the captain and you're going through life in this example specifically you're driving in your vehicle your whatever and you see all the trees all the birds the cattle if you're in florida you're going to see a lot of marshlands and evergreen stuff. You see all that stuff and it just goes through you. You don't think more or less of it. But then in this example, you notice a blue Mustang and it looks just like the one that your ex-girlfriend or a you know former partner of yours that um, was involved with you at some point. And then that tends to hover in your mind. It doesn't go away. It just lingers and then as you're driving, you just keep fixating on it in a way. Think about the past, maybe emotions that you've had before, subtleties, and it just doesn't leave you. That's where it leads to samskara. It turns into that because literally on just some inanimate object, a a damn car, for God's sakes, You've thrust this whole narrative, you know, story, this whole narrative drama onto this inanimate object. And it's like this little weird button you press inside yourself. Anytime you see one, that button gets pressed or your your sensitive you, tender area gets poked. You either feel something, you smell something. People would smell something and then they'll think about their childhood past. It's not always like the very worst things in your life, but it's just like like memories, pretty much like tr- reliving, triggering memories. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, those to an inanimate object to kind of like just start running your life. Let's put it that way. She said it. Man. Ruins your day. You <laughs> said it. Turns your day upside down into, oh, now I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not driving properly. Who's to, who, who's to know? Who's, yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it can potentially um, sour interactions you have with anybody or institution just after seeing a dang blue Mustang, dude. Like, it's crazy to think about, but I read that book around a time when a certain model of car was giving me trouble in traffic and not going to say the make and model or the color of the car because, eh, you know. But it's a very common car, and I was seeing it everywhere. And uh, I would be driving places to go do something that I enjoyed, like driving here or, you know, working on music with Levi or any one of my friends. And seeing that make and model of the car, it's crazy. Literally just an, 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 an inanimate object would burst forth within me and just dig up all this waste like a like a tooth you haven't flossed in a long time. You know, I think of it as a, a blood clot because I think yeah. part of uh, in that chapter describes it that it has like an energy inside. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it's sort of like it's your vein and then this thing just happens to just like bloop mm-hmm. and it just kind of like keeps things from flowing, which... It, literally is in that way you could think of it it's just it's just not passing through you like the thought of trees and stuff driving that will pass through you but this just kind of like puts you at a standstill yeah and i i first of all we're gonna do a deep dive on the untethered soul i I can feel that coming in a subsequent episode because Sounds like Carlos is retaining about as much as I did from the book. Um, and Slowly I, but surely. <laughs> I could talk about that shit for days because I love that book. Um, so we'll, so we'll, we'll do that in a future episode. But to, to kind of tie it back to the edge thing, I feel like when somebody says, you know, I need to take the edge off. Like, why do you drink? Why do you smoke marijuana? Why do you smoke crack? Why do you... Do anything you do, you know, eat five cheeseburgers every day. Why do you do that? I want to take the edge off. You know, don't judge me for wanting to take the edge off. And, um, you know, this is a music podcast, but there's spirituality and philosophy in here. And I personally think not a medical professional not diagnosing anybody but i think in your common average person of average physiology chemical imbalances aside that that edge is is a creation of that samskaric lower part of your brain essentially your reptile brain you know, that's just trying to keep you safe, trying to keep you warm. There's, there's the ego is functioning extra high. Uh, 
I deserve this. I've done this. Therefore, I give me this, you know. But there is, there are practices you can do day to day that will allow you to cultivate an awareness that can supersede that impulsive nature you may have. You know, meditation, yoga, prayer, journaling, all these things that are essentially the antithesis of ingesting uh, a drug or indulging in a specific vice. Because, again, just from my experience, when I have indulged in any one of those various vices and stuff, it was to escape what was just naturally going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of the spiritual space, um, great teachers, great mentors that don't even know my damn name, but I know them, they've all said that basically the light, the bright light of your awareness, deeper than the mind, deeper than the ego, deeper than the narrative and all the titles you put on yourself, using that to see those emotions and cravings and sensations occurring inside of you, but realizing that they are just thoughts. You know, you see, it's just like an, it's, it's like any other intrusive thought. There is a, there is a physical element to it, but you are ultimately in control of your physiology. If you cultivate the awareness to see it for what it is, you're pretty, you're pretty on point about the whole reward system. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I'm I'm very acclimated with it. I must say, I, I've indulged myself. It we forge the chains that bind us, Carlos. There's no third party out there forcing you to do any one of these things. Yeah, because later on, like, okay, so for me, let's see, it's been like forever since I've might have needed to physically smoke a cigarette mm-hmm. but in the times that it would have been yeah it'd be like a reward like you did a long you you had a long day mm-hmm. or you actually like did something so then it's like to myself you've earned it just one yep but now nowadays it's kind of just like i know i'm gonna feel like and it doesn't have to be smoking it could be drinking I know I'm going to feel like shit. I know the feeling afterwards. Yeah. So it's not that I'm tricking myself. It's kind of like I've done the study. <laughs> I've I've broke the hypothesis here. I pretty much know that that's going to be the result. So I'll just stick to my water. Oh, yeah. Or something else. <laughs> I've been there and bought a T-shirt and a coffee mug and a lanyard. From the land of overindulgence. 
Yeah, and you know, one thing hedonism, that we honestly hedonism. One thing we probably didn't touch on that same like the common you know vices would actually be shopping if you think about it. That one's always missed me, but uh, I felt it in. I, I can see how one could feel it. At, at a certain point, I, there was a certain point where I was so into like streetwear. I mm. needed to have like, you know, the the Supreme hats. I needed to have like the really dope collection of hats. Let's just say that. It was, okay. And I, I just had to have another one. I had to have like complete the collection. Mm. To the point that I realized, you know what? I wearing this stuff doesn't make me any better yeah and actually i found out that it doesn't really make my scalp feel good because that's when i came to realize i have you know psoriasis mm. and so just putting stuff on my head just wasn't really helping me so it's <laughs> like at this point i just sell it off but it, it is it's like an itch it's like it's got to be in it yeah uh and if you break things down and situations down to their component parts, they'll blow you away because you get so involved with, say, it's streetwear, like you're saying. That is the craftsmanship of either like a machine or a person. Yeah. Weaving together fabric and stitch and cardboard to make. Maybe, uh, surely a colorful and decorative piece of gear, but it's again, it's a, it's the blue Mustang effect of you thrust meaning and status and fulfillment and all these really esoteric hand wavy things onto this inanimate object. And all of a sudden, like you feel like you're going to die if you don't get it. Now it, it it can be anything in life. I just I, f I feel like I'm um and this is this does not this isn't me being holier than anybody or bigger than anybody. But like again, I've been to the park, got the souvenirs. I'm good. I know <laughs> I, I know what being drunk feels like. I know what yeah, being high I've feels had, like. We've had our fun. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm good, and it, I. I'm starting to feel, and I might be crazy, that to take something external and separate physically from yourself into yourself in order to quote-unquote feel better, clothes, drugs, cheeseburgers, video content, video games, anything like that that you get like needlessly, cyclically stuck on, that, sh that that shit is just passing show and it's 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 almost like a test to see how much ego you have left in your body that has to be indulged and and has to be hopefully like allowed to run off yeah if you know given, exactly. given time given space before we trapped in the whirlpool yeah before we we change the subject I did want to make a recommendation because along these lines, um, what we're talking about is is very much attached to uh, this book. Well, first and foremost, The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer, fellow Florida native 
actually lives in Alachua, Florida. Um, I plan to. It's not far away at all. I know, and I, I I plan to go to one of his like morning or evening meditations. Let me shake your hand. I I want to shake the dude's <laughs> hand because I've read his damn book like seven times. Um, but uh, get his book. This shit was a bestseller for show. It got like sponsored by Oprah, so you know he's raking in and the big bucks. But still, it's money aside. He is, he's really onto something with that book. So it's The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. Another book um, I've been reading recently by a very, very um, wise and studied former, I believe, retired psychologist, clinical psychologist. She's living up around the northeastern Pennsylvania area of the United States. Her name is Tara Brock, mm. uh, T-A-R-A-B-R-A-C-H. And if you have YouTube, Audible, Audible maybe Spotify. I, I don't have Spotify, but I'm sure she's on there. If She's just publishing podcasts and stuff as frequently as she does because she does a lot. She also posts uh, guided meditations that are literally some of the best i've ever heard in my life i i don't tend to listen to guided meditations because i i want to think that i'm good enough on my own to just stop my own thinking and focus on my own breath without having to be like stop thinking every you know turn that mind off exactly exactly they kind of got to remind you and i'm thankful for them but (laughs) hers i will listen to because she she really knows what she's talking about she has a book called Radical Acceptance. And it came out like 20 years ago at this point. But been reading it, and you know a book is good, especially an audio book, when you don't want to listen to it in the background. You want to like actually... Be engaged to it. Be engaged. Go for a walk where you ain't got a lot of visual stimulation or lay in your bed before you go to bed and just listen to this book. Yeah. She's, she's slinging a lot of heavy heavy ideas um that ultimately are, are what we talk are, are pertain to what we're talking about bringing the light of awareness that's inside all of us to the sensations emotions and feelings that arise in us that maybe in the moment we feel we can't handle so we take x y or z or we overindulge in those emotions and feelings and make them worse or we push them away again making them worse she posits seeing the anger frustration depression even happiness and joy and seeing them for what they are it's just passing show inside yourself their sensations their their emotions they're not necessarily real things and they pass like water, like you never step in the same river twice. You're never using the same mind messaging twice. It's a it's a constantly flowing river. Would you put it in the way that's like you start on earth empty handed and you sort of leave empty handed? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean 
Yeah. And and and, every, and everything in between. Yeah, and the coming and going. Uh huh. In is, transit. Yeah, is essentially just a bunch of shit that's just happening, and you have emotional reactions to it, physical reactions to it sometimes, you know, depending on what it is. But the mission statement being the light of awareness inside yourself, the thing that is aware that you are feeling the anger, frustration, depression, joy, happiness, fulfillment, is separate from the actual feelings themselves. Mm. And plenty of spiritual practice, plenty of literature out there that can help you cultivate that awareness to separate yourself from reactivity or you name the emotion. Um, so again, that's Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock. Great book. Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. And there was an ex excerpt of this Eckhart Tolle book I wanted to read about uh, just uh, going back to sort of like addiction vices and stuff pretty slick part where he uh talks about those sensations arising in you and um how how he would go about dealing with it i mm -hmm. guess um so he says if you have a compulsive behavior pattern, such as smoking, overeating, drinking, TV watching, internet addiction, or whatever it may be, this is what you can do. When you notice the compulsive need arising in you, stop and take three conscious breaths. This generates awareness. Then for a few minutes, be aware of the compulsive urge as an energy field inside of you. Consciously feel that need to physically or mentally ingest or consume a certain substance or the desire to act out some form of compulsive behavior. Then take a few more conscious breaths. After that, you may find the compulsive urge has disappeared for the time being, or you may find that it all overpowers you and you cannot help but indulge or act it out again. Don't make it into a problem. Make the addiction part of your awareness practice in the way described above. So yeah, again, the mission statement being just bring awareness to how you're feeling in those moments of perceived weakness and uh, use it all as a vehicle to, to, to grow, essentially, I believe, is what he is saying. Final point of the podcast, though, very unrelated. It's kind of a, a very a wild card. A very heavy two thirds of this podcast. Um, two thirds ish. Two thirds is uh, a pretty pretty uh, heavy ninety degree turn. I've been uh, looking into improving my proficiency on uh, my main instrument, being guitar by extension bass too a little bit i mean same mechanism same uh note spacing between strings and stuff so shapes are largely the same 
And eventually, if you know, don't lie, you're you're nasty on the base too. No, I'm, <laughs> I am pretty okay on either. But um, I'm this this this. Hopefully, this informa- information translates to all instruments, all disciplines. I was even thinking it could translate to uh, music production and mixing, mastering, just the acquisition of skills like that. You know, um, cause I came with the question, like, how do I practice? I'm at a point now where like, I can pick up most stuff by ear relatively easy. I have a pretty cursory knowledge of music theory and I fill in the blanks with my ear. You know what I'm saying? But how does one improve from the place I'm at now? There's no real specific diagnosis unless I were to go to somebody who's like way better than me. Like a mentor. Like a mentor. And I've had mentors in the past, but I was doing a bunch of drugs at the time when I was taking those lessons and I wasted the I wasted his time and my time. So there you go. But um I'm trying to make it come full circle here. I found a few presentations that I liked. There's one where this guy was talking about um, practice versus learning. So that's to say practice is getting better at pre-established knowledge. So scales, modes, triads, you name it, bud. Uh, songs that you perform regularly say you're in a cover band or you're in a someone's band and you need to you know learn a whole catalog of music to play Mm -hmm. this person's stuff or your own stuff whatever it may be the practice is once you have the pre-established knowledge in place you're just refining you're trimming the fat away whereas the other side of the coin is learning so that mm-hmm. is um, acquiring new skills, knowledges, and disciplines on your instrument. Yeah, taking it further. Taking it further, developing and evolving with the instrument. Because practice, to me, connotes like stasis, whereas learning connotes like improvement, growth. This dude was saying, essentially that you should split 50-50 learning to practice. He had a a routine kind of mapped out where it's warm-up. Everybody knows how to do a little warm-up or something. Technique, which is scales, triads, all 12 keys, moving around the circle of fifths type stuff. Over and under. All that stuff. yeah. All that stuff. (laughs) And then projects. So those first two were practice. This one, I, well, okay, then I guess it's one-fourth of the time you should be learning. You should at least make time for learning. If you're like a regular gigging musician, it's probably better to refine what you already have than to be learning, but you should still make time to learn. And projects being 
a part of the practice routine is like learning a new jazz standard, um, learning a new scale and running through the scale and the arpeggios of it in all 12 keys, that sort of thing. Um, and the last part of the practice routine would be review. So maintenance, having fun, try to be sure that you're having fun and enjoying yourself by playing something you love to play. Um, I've been doing a lot of playing and singing as of late, my music and other people's music that I really look up to. And I get a serious sense of enjoyment from playing, you know, like What's Going On by Marvin Gaye or mm-hmm. Sleeper Hit, uh, For the Love of You by the Isley Brothers. That's a damn good song. That uh, You want to talk about smoother smoother than butter dude that's the boys knew what they were doing um and there seemed to be uh in my research of music improvement seemed to be a looming truth that i was just kind of avoiding because it just i'll be honest with you it sucks uh transcribing transcription of music whether by ear or you're physically doing like whether by ear and then played on an instrument or by ear and then you're actually writing it down note by note note by note that that sounds so fun let me tell you so fun um it's really annoying to do I'm going to level with you if you've never like thought about transcribing before and you want to improve on an instrument and just feel like you have more of a skill. It's sort of like if you were to start working out tomorrow in a measured fashion where it's like three to four times a week. If you picked like one or two of those days where you knowingly did like wind sprints, like a high intensity interval circuit sprint sort of thing where like you jog 20 yards that way and then you sprint back 20 yards. That shit sucks. And it makes you feel like you're going to die. Like it makes you feel like your heart's going to explode. But the awesome little flip of the coin is that's like the quickest way to get shredded. Hmm. I, I I used to box in high school and, you know, I go from time to time now because it's, it's an art form and a lovely sport. But I noticed my gas tank improved and my physique improved when I started sprinting at least like twice a week. I would go like five times a week, but if I sprinted like twice a week, it unlocks some testosterone, uh, like cauldron inside of you that gets released and you just start to get dummy shredded very quickly. Transcribing is the exact same thing, but the fatigue is not of the body, but it is of the mind. 
after a good like 45 minutes of trying to transcribe like 32 bars of a solo and messing up over and 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 over again you you're gonna want to beat your head in with a hammer thankfully we can make the playback half speed yeah and sort of no that helps uh trottle along yeah but it's it's like writing cursive with your left hand if you're right-handed it sounds rough it yeah it's very unique but yes you do like yeah jump into like oh wow i got bill evans solo right in front of me yeah check that out check that out don't get me wrong i am not i am not uh robert glasper over here i've maybe transcribed four solos in my entire life but it's just simply because of to the point i was making before that shit is hard and it's annoying to to have to do and there's no obvious way there there's no obvious payoff for it the payoff of you playing somebody else's shit but like for me dude when i I would play somebody else's shit i'd be like that's somebody else's shit though it's not gonna be like why am i doing this the equivalent would be also uh playing as playing while you're reading it at the same time quick side note me and cameron and levi and our good friend aaron we were in the recording class back at spc so the class would be divided to uh, a student or two to be the engineer and then the other group is the band dude and it was so fun because you just play music and then someone records and it's just like a back and forth and so we were given larry carlton (laughs) to just like okay here it is just play it what was that song called uh late night i think i had something like last that. night or something. last night yeah. last night dude. and you you kind of learn like okay this is like kind of smooth i like it oh yeah but it was just like ah oh, it's like a head scratcher like yeah i kind of suck Cause they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they, they slapped the it was there was like the two students in the in the control room and then the band out in the, like the performance hall and there was a teacher and you know TJ, I'm just going to say the initials. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. Love him to death, wherever you are. Love you, buddy. Um, but he came out with, like, the Larry Carlton piece and just slapped it on some stands in front of us. And it was like, so this is what you guys are going to be playing. And I am, like, a D minus music reader. And... I, I just kind of rely on lead sheets and chord charts yeah. and stuff and then kind of fill in the blanks with my ears. This is something else. <laughs> this was something entirely different. I had not seen these like extensions before where it's like, oh, B minor 13 with a flat fifth. And I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to be listening to this song and just try and emulate what's going on in this song for the next week. Um, but I mean, it, it was it was okay. That was a that was another level. I we should take it as a compliment that he assumed that we were up to that challenge. That's oh yeah, very nice. I had fun with it. I had fun with it. I too. enjoyed it. Um, I would suggest, as much as I have said that it sucks, everybody who is into music and wants to get better to transcribe. 
take the challenge. Take, Cl- take climb the challenge. up the mountain. And in taking that challenge, there are some, you know, steps that you can take as a prophylactic to throwing your instrument out the window or, you know, jumping off of some tall structure out of frustration. A metaphorical structure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me walk that back. Uh, getting real, real angry. Getting real angry, not harming yourself or anybody else, but just getting real angry. Um, and the step, first step that I didn't even think about is the dude said, listen to it 21 times, whatever you're trying to transcribe. And whether it's four, eight, four bars, eight bars, 16 bars, 32 bars, listen to it 21 times at least. He said 21 times. And I see where he's coming from entirely because it's so much easier if you create like a bridge, a mental bridge between what this external to you piece of music is doing and how you can recall it mentally. Yeah. Like I can sing pat metheny's solo from bright size life a good portion of it but that's because i took I, it was like the first 16 bars of it that i was like oh my god this dude's so good you and just brought up a good uh tactic i'd say like singing singing your your solos every killer musician does it and like if you want to go deep with it it's like you want to hear something that you can replicate that you're like almost like you're mouthing out that like you naturally like George Benson way. that dude every time he takes a solo he's like and it's crazy that he knows where exactly he's going and he plays the most chromatic listen to shit. Keith Jarrett in all his uh, piano trio stuff you just hear the piano mic also capture his voice <laughs> otherwise brilliant brilliant mind right there and yes it's that into the practice of it yeah it's crazy and if you if you internalize it to the level of having listened to it 21 times for me it would be hard to mess up the recording that i kind of have installed in my head of that thing after yeah to forget time. about or to remove yourself yeah. And you can, and it's almost like you're answering your own questions when you get stuck on this or that bar, because when you ingrained it in your mind after listening to it 21 times, you can play it back in slower speed. You can play it back at faster speed. You can be like, huh, oh wait, yeah, that's a chromatic, okay, chromatic from here on my hands looks like this. So it's like you fill in a lot of your own blanks when you get more familiar with the piece. Right. This is also very applicable for music producers out there where if you're listening to a certain section or like a beat of a song that you really enjoy or just like harmonies, again, you create that bridge. It sticks to your mind. You kind of almost become like a ghost sampler. Like I've had moments like that where it's like, like I a just, rapper. I automatically just start playing like a quintuplet swing, a, a Dilla style, because like I've heard it so many times from like great songs I love, or like Flying Lotus uh, beat style, and it's just like 
I just can't escape myself out of it. I'm turning it to my own, but it's just like I've <laughs> I've bridged it so much that it's just like it's almost rudimentary. Yeah. And if I take it further with other artists that I like that really go to that blend of using Ableton or whatever, it's like yeah, it's it's just the same way. Yeah, I agree. And and you're getting to know not just notes and ways of approaching things you're getting to know the person who actually took the solo or wrote the chord progression or you know like i was i was transcribing a beach boys song the other day and like just what the vocal harmony was doing because barbershop quartet harmony kind of blows my mind a little bit and if you the the saving grace of transcribing I've come to find uh, in in terms of in the moment you're going to feel like for me it's like I want to take this guitar and smash it on the ground as hard as I can because this one bar is messing me up as soon as I get to this one bar and then after I've practiced this one bar like 20 times and I try to go back to the beginning I'm starting to forget the beginning again once you get past all that stuff and you have secured the solo and you can play through it and it's a part of your like transcribe portfolio it might take a little while but if you're playing actively it's going to show up in your playing like your your passages and movements your tendencies will start to morph around what you've learned and so you start to sound a little more sophisticated it's kind of sound like the the artists that you listen to exactly exactly and you are just an amalgamation of all the artists that you listen to so in summation the actual steps are listen to whatever you're trying to transcribe 21 times at the very least or until you can step two sing it internalize it so that you don't get lost and you have like a little mp3 in your head of the solo playing that you can work from and step three, finally pick up the instrument and start to learn it on that. So there are two steps before you even touch the instrument that can help you not want to cause uh, structural damage to inanimate objects around you because, you know, you're saving yourself the getting pissed off part mm-hmm. as much or taking it personally part. Personally. Um, and pro tip just subscribe like Carlos was saying subscribe to shit you want to sound like um whether it's like Robert Glasper if you're a singer and you like Tina Turner a lot transcribe what she does transcribe the runs she does um and the people that have influenced them as well oof now you're going real deep yeah now now you're going back 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 cuz you know I, as Carlos knows and pretty much anybody who's close to me knows I think D'Angelo is the second coming of, um, you know, some messiah of a religion that hasn't even been created yet. Uh, maybe the religion of R&B. And uh, he was heavily influenced by Prince, which uh, I'm going to give a real hot take right now. But uh, I know hot take, hot take hour with Cameron Dorsey. Uh, I think... D'Angelo has done and said more meaningful stuff in three albums that have been spaced out so broadly than Prince has in like 
the 88 albums he's released. (laughs) I don't know how many he's released and I honestly don't care because I, I don't know. I just, I think what I think and you call me delusional. There's probably, um, fellow brothers and sisters out there. My dad included who's wanting to choke me to death right now by saying this, but, uh, D'Angelo's like way cooler. He's like a way better singer. Um, Prince is kind of like a B tier guitarist. And (laughs) I just, I, uh, this is getting really personal. Essentially, I I just think D'Angelo's better than Prince. And I don't know why D'Angelo's like, oh my God, Prince is like my biggest. Like, like inspiration is like, dude, you are miles ahead of Prince, in my opinion. And I'm crazy. Call me crazy. I don't care what you think. Put me in a straight jacket. Put me in a straight jacket. It's, it's, it's mine and Carlos's podcast. So if you don't like the opinions, just please stop listening. But actually don't stop listening because we love you and appreciate you. Um, subscribe. Yes, please subscribe. Uh, Carlos. Where where are we? Is that the ad? Yeah, yeah. Where are we at now on um, the social media connectivity and so big big ups to I guess us. <laughs> we are fully on Instagram at the blank sutra, no space in between. None of that fancy capitalization. Just the blank sutra on Instagram, and then you can just use the same handle and find us on YouTube at. The blank sutra we are going to be throwing up more content on there we just uploaded whole foods um late last night for those of you who have caught that congratulate yourself and share that with more people yeah please we have just now been uh added to apple Podcasts, so that's another big thing and then soon for those that use google podcasts we'll be up there shortly i'm sure within the next coming days we'll start uh hassling ourselves into the the other platforms but for now um the big ones that you guys uh use for your podcast you'll be able to find us over there too you're gonna be seeing a lot of us and uh i hope you're ready we got some more plans in the works in terms of releasing those video songs in ep format uh coming up which i think would be pretty cool to be able to put them on spotify yeah we actually just finished uh doing some vocals for this next one that we got going and as well as like some video content uh i do hope to see that as like the next thing is that for all those that are enjoying what we're bringing out to the table to see kind of like the building process of not only this recording but also just these nice fun jams that we have posted you'll be able to see the crazy <laughs> camera rigging we're we're getting around with yo yeah it's... so so doable mike stance the, the person who invented these things is but you're using them like there. a young christopher nolan or, or like a, a yeah a spry steven spielberg over here you're setting them up you're tearing them down you're you're working with lighting and shit i'm i'm proud of you and and your eye for design carlos you're doing a fantastic job i must say that's the way of the i don't know what i'm gonna say <laughs> it's the way of the blank suture baby i can get dark with that but i'm just gonna leave it there yeah <laughs> um 
so in in closing i just want to say thank you all for listening thank you for being friends to the blank sutra um as some sort of you know like going away message and blessing to the people i want to say that um no matter what you're doing um battling some sort of addiction to a vice or a drug or a person or an institution or a place or if you're just sitting down to try and make yourself transcribe music for at least 30 minutes a day which 30 minutes can feel like an hour when you're doing some mind-numbing stuff like transcribing but you know we should all be doing it as musicians remember that those emotions that arise in you are not you they are just the mind talking um it will hurt it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt whether physically or mentally but even that hurt is a construct of your own mind it's it's something that is detached from who you really are which is that innate wakefulness the awareness that is seeing all these emotions come and go like ships passing in the night and it's okay to feel how you feel the most important thing is that you recognize and accept how you feel and make a conscious decision to change or improve from there so i hope wherever you are and what you're doing that you're having a good time you're enjoying yourself and from the bottom of my heart and i can assume carlos's heart thank you for listening very much this has been the blank sutra podcast have a great day